Thank you so much, Pastor Vincent. Wow, I am really overwhelmed at the moment. Um, and I'm just very, very grateful. Uh, just want to express my thanks, uh, my gratefulness, my gratitude and appreciation, firstly to Pastor Vincent for receiving me when I came to his office 20 almost 20 years ago and, and I expressed my desire to serve the Lord full-time and to the board, you know, who has also been very supportive through the years, the board of Glad, Glad Tidings and uh, truly many thanks and appreciation to the dedicated team of pastors and ministers and the staff of Glad Tidings that really we have journeyed through the years together. I couldn't ask for a better team to serve the Lord with and uh, this it's really my honour and my privilege to have given almost half my life to serve in Glad Tidings. <laughs> and I have so many, so many treasured and precious, precious memories uh, related to, to this beautiful place that I call home. Glad Tidings is home to me and Glad Tidings will continue to be home. My family and I are very much anchored in this church and we will continue to be a part of this church now, at this point in time, for the next phase of ministry, for the next phase, I'm believing that God is releasing me into the marketplace to make an impact and to make a greater uh, reach to the people who need to know the Lord. And I'm excited for it, but yet at the same time, sentimental and emotional, of course, but I believe that in this next phase of the journey, the ministry, the support and the encouragement that we have for one another, Glad Tidings family, it, it, we will continue. We will continue to journey on together and press on to see the greater things that the Lord has in store for us. You know, this year would, obviously be, would have obviously been a, a tough year for many, many. It's been tough, it's been challenging, it's been a difficult time even as we adjust, who, who would have thought that our children would be having online studies for three quarters of the year and we would have to juggle working from home, family matters as well, and even moving into digitalization. This, this online service wouldn't have happened if we didn't have MCO. So God is so good to us and I just want to really give thanks to the Lord for Pastor John and the AV team who have been anchoring faithfully for the last 40 41 weeks, Pastor John, 41 weeks, because I have prepared 41 weeks of service order, <laughs> so I know it's 41 weeks, 41 weeks continually giving the improvement, and you know, God is so gracious to us, and perhaps as we are winding up the year, the frame of your thoughts are, uh, let's just get through this year. Let's just make it through, you know, and then we'll see what 2021 brings. Maybe the frame of your mind would be, let's just complete the year, get it done with, and then we'll see, you know, how it goes. But today, I want to challenge you with this message, inspire you and encourage you to reframe your thoughts towards what is God doing and what does God have in store for you in 2021? What does God have in store for us you, your family, in this year to come, in this season that is to come. And the inspiration comes from a portion of Scripture in Exodus 33. And it is about Moses and his journey with the Lord. 
and in context of his relationship with the people of the Lord, the Israelites, and they are right now in the midst of wilderness. They have left Egypt and they are journeying to the promised land. And this is what happens in Exodus 33. Let me give you a background and understanding. So Moses had gone to Mount Sinai and spent time with the Lord and the Lord had given him, literally given him the Ten Commandments and asked him to engrave it on a tablet. And having spent 40 days with the Lord, he came down from Mount Sinai and he was shocked and appalled by what he saw. What he, came, what he saw when he came down from the, from the mountain was that the people of the people of Israel were in wild celebration. They were going crazy. They were in wild celebration. And they were not wildly celebrating God. They were wildly celebrating an idol. What had happened was gold was collected and when gold melted, a golden calf appeared before them and they began to worship that golden calf. And so Moses came back from this time sacred moment they had spent with the Lord to see this before his eyes and he was really very appalled and he took action immediately and what he did was he began to, uh, first of all in reaction to, in, in anger he threw the tablets down the tablets with the Ten Commandments, he threw it down and it was broken in anger and then he burned the golden calf and he mixed it with water, he melted down the, the he burned the golden calf to powder and then he made all the Israelites who were in their wild idol worship begin to drink of it and then he asked who is going to stand with me today who is still continuing to honor the Lord who is going to make that stand that they will give their lives to honor and focus and follow after God and so the Levites stood with him and with that declaration, he then instructed the Levites to go and to check with the people who is still going to continue in idolatry. And as a result of that day, 3,000 people were killed. 3,000 were killed because of their idolatry, because of their disobedience. And what happened was the next day, which is Exodus 33, the next day, Moses pleads with the Lord for forgiveness for his people. And where does he go to meet with the Lord? Moses had to move away from the camp. So in the wilderness, wherever they traveled and when they, when they, when they stayed there for a little longer, they would actually make camp. And so he set up a tent outside of that camp. And he went to that tent to meet with the Lord. He went to that tent to begin to pray and ask God to forgive the people, the Israelites, for their sin and their shame. And he would meet God in a place that is so humble. So the beautiful thing about this encounter is that it's not in the beautiful places. It's not in the glamorous places that you will, will meet with God. God is omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He is everywhere. And even in the basic makeshift 10, there he met with the Lord. And in, in these times, in this encounter that Moses has with the Lord, it is a reminder to us that even in places of the darkest gloom, in places where there is no hope, in places where you don't seem to see an outcome that is positive coming through, an unexpected blessing can occur. Moses was in the midst of crisis. And this has been truly a very difficult year for many. Perhaps you might be in a situation where you are in crisis or you are troubled. 
or it's been a difficult time and you're having difficulty, you're having a challenging time even to come out of the adjustments that have come from this season, may this word encourage you to be like Moses in his prayer and approach to the Lord. So as we prepare to the year end, let this message, let this passage of Scripture uh, encourage you to seek more of God. Let's read together Exodus chapter 33, verse 12 to 18. At the count of three, the Scripture is on the screen. You can read together with me or you can refer to your Bibles. Here we go. Verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. Verse 13, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Verse 15, then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Verse 16, how will anyone know that you are pleased with me? And with your people unless you go with us. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Verse 17, And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then verse 18, Moses said, Now show me your glory. Now during this time, of the journey in the wilderness from the time that they escaped from Egypt and on this journey going towards the promised land. There had been many, many occasions that Moses had experienced and the Israelites had experienced the glory of God. And here, Moses understood how significant it is. What is the implication? What is the purpose of the glory of God? And so he made a daring request. He made a bold request. Cole, a theologian, explained that when he asked God, show me your glory, literally God is, Moses is saying to God, will you manifest to me your glory? Will you show me, may you, will, you, will you help me to understand your magnificent ways? Will you help me to understand more of you? And he was asking God for his kabod. Kabod means this, the weight. The glory of God comes like a weight, a presence, an expectation. And so if you were to ask me to explain what is the glory of God, it's impossible. Words cannot define an infinite God. Words cannot express what is the glory of God. I had this very interesting conversation with my daughter and when we talked about the glory of God, she tried to explain what is the glory of God like and she said, it's like bright yellow light and then it's like, Ooh, you know, as though there would be this angelic sound that come forth, you know, when you, when you meet with the glory of God. And yet, words really cannot describe how it is. However, Scripture brings us to understand an aspect of the glory of God. And what is the indication that Scripture gives us is that the glory of God is His invisible character made visible. God makes His invisible character made visible. And that is the glory of God. 
And so, I just like to bring to your attention the experiences that the Israelites had with the glory of God so that we can envision, have a moment to envision what is the glory of God, what is the purpose and the significance it has on us. Firstly, the glory of God, when we envision it, is for the purpose of provision. The very first time, the very first time that Israelites encountered the glory of God was in Exodus chapter 16, verse 7. So having left Egypt, they only could grab whatever they could and they journeyed into, uh, into the wilderness. And there, they started to get hungry and they didn't have any food. And so they begin to pray unto the Lord and say, Lord, we are hungry. We have a need. We don't have any food. And when you read Exodus 16, verse 7, God speaks to them and says that my glory shall be shown to you the next morning. In what way was the glory shown? It was in the manner of provision. God began to provide every single day for the next 40 years. He provided manna and quail without fail. He provided that the basic necessities was met. And that's how God shows Himself. He will show us that He is the one who provides for us, that He will put us in circumstances that only He alone can meet our needs. We have needs today, and God will allow us to go through it because He will show that by His glory, you will meet provision. By His glory, all that you require, He and He alone will be able to meet it. So the first thing, envisioning the glory of God comes from provision of the Lord. You and I have been miraculously provided for this year and the years that have passed. And God is showing Himself to us a glimpse of His glory. When the Israelites left Egypt, they really had no idea what to do. They were on their own. They had come out of slavery and didn't have an idea, how are they supposed to live their life? And so God called Moses up to Mount Sinai, and when he was in Mount Sinai, he began to give instruction on how to deliver the law and the Ten Commandments. And when he was doing this, when God met with Moses on Mount Sinai, it is stated in the Scripture, Exodus chapter 24, that when the people, when they were on ground and they looked up, to the mountain of Mount Sinai, there the Lord, the glory of the Lord was like fire. It was a huge fire. It was vibrant. It was obvious. And so the glory of God was seen and enabled them to receive instruction from the Lord how to live their lives. In another incident, we have God dealing with Korah. Now, Korah was part of the group and uh, Moses was really bringing out a, t a people of a million people out from Egypt. And when they were journeying in the wilderness, Korah together, 250 men, tried to cause a rebellion. And you know what happened? Numbers 16 verse 19. What happened when Korah did the rebellion? The entire earth opened up. The earth opened up. I can't even imagine how the earth can open up, but God is able to do that. He opened up the earth and He swallowed up Korah and all those who were in disobedience. The earth swallowed up Korah and those in disobedience. And when that happened, the glory, Scripture says, the glory of the Lord was seen. And so, envisioning the glory of the Lord also comes through correction. It comes in the form of correction. I'm a mother, and I will not stand 
and neglect my children if they are being disobedient. I would correct them because it is character building. In the same way, in God's relationship with us, God will correct us. And, and the glory of God will be seen when He corrects us in our attitudes and our wrongdoings and set us back on the right track with Him. So the glory of God is intended through the provision, it is intended to give instruction, correction, and also in the scripture, Exodus chapter 40, whenever, it states here, uh, that whenever the Israelites were traveling in the wilderness, they, when they didn't know where to go, yet God provided direction in the form of a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire at night. A pillar of cloud, can you imagine? When you don't, don't know where to go, you have no idea which way that you are supposed to take. And God shows you this pillar of cloud and it's so obvious, so clear, so easy and that you have the direction. And when they journeyed, whether they journeyed day or night, God was giving that direction. This is the envisioning of the glory of God. How God is so faithful in the significance and the purpose of it so that we can have provision, instruction, correction, and even direction on where we are to go in life. I want to encourage you as well as to the effects of the glory of God. So having met with the Lord in Exodus 33, Exodus 34 is where we see Moses give an account of this experience. And what happens is where we can learn that these are the effects of having the glory of God in our lives. So the first thing that Moses receives from the Lord is instruction. And it's not just casual. It is clear, it's direct, it is specific and it gives him understanding of the nature of God. So the first thing about the effects of the glory of God is that you will have revelation and understanding. And it's not about the thoughts of mind, of, of man. It's not about the earthly thoughts, but it's an understanding and a revelation of who God is and what is His will for our lives. And so he, he describes and gives clear instruction to Moses. You are to once again... Write down the Ten Commandments. Do this with the people of Israel. And so he gives him revelation and understanding. And this is the, the effect that you have, that when you have this encounter with the Lord, it is an intimacy like never experienced before. Earlier in Exodus 33, it is actually written in the Scripture that when God spoke to Moses, it was like a friend speaking to him face to face. This is what happens when you encounter the glory of God. There is revelation. There is understanding. And Moses, I believe, with all my heart, Moses went through a lasting transformation. Because in Exodus 34, when the Lord came down on the cloud and revealed himself to Moses, all Moses could do was to bow down and worship him. He would never be the same again. Who can be the same again from such an experience? It was a lasting transformation. And the moment he saw the glory of the Lord, he bowed down and he began to proclaim the goodness of God and he began to proclaim and had an understanding. Now, the goodness of God, the glory of God that I'm witnessing now will not just affect me. It doesn't just affect one person. It will affect a nation. 
The people of Israel represent a nation. And so when Moses was impacted, it would impact a nation. And beyond that, generations will be impacted. My, father, my, my children's children's children and beyond. So when you have that effective and glory of God, when you have that effect of the glory of God upon your life, it doesn't just impact one person. But a nation will be impacted and generations to come. That transformation is lasting. For as long as we are committed to serving the Lord God Almighty and worshipping Him and Him alone. For as long as we are journeying with the Lord, you will see the effects of the glory of God. Revelation, understanding, lasting transformation. And above that would be a supernatural experience. An experience that no one else would have had before, but unique to you. And for Moses, it was so significant. A supernatural experience that would have marked him for life. It would have been unforgettable. Can you imagine him having conversation in the days to come with people he meets? And how, and his own family, and how he would try to explain what it's like to have an encounter with the glory of God. It would have marked him his entire life, changed him like never before, and truly would have made him uh, to be able to experience God in a very different way as well. Because scripture shows that he had, we was able, because of the glory of God, he was able then to fast 40 days and 40 nights. Supernatural experience comes as an effect of the glory of God. And now, also in chapter 33, he had asked God that, can you distinguish me from others? God, you know, you, if you say that your presence will be with me, how are you going to distinguish me from others? And this is what has happened. When he cried out, when he prayed and he asked the Lord for that distinguishing factor, for that differentiating factor, literally, Moses' face shone with brilliance. His face was radiant because he was reflecting the glory of God. The effect of the glory of God upon you and I is that we will be distinguished from others. People will see you and recognize there is something very different about you. And that is because of the glory of God. Something that is, is, marks you aside from the other regular people because of the effect of the glory of God. And for Moses, it was because of this, of this prayer that he made, his face began to shine with the glory of God. Of God, the glory of God will be clearly seen by others. And so, this experience that Moses ha has gives us a little understanding on how you and I today can encounter the glory of God, how it will transform us, change us. We will never be the same again. I am never the same again from 22 years ago when I first encountered the Lord. This is the year of encounter. 2020, the theme of our church is encounter. Would you type it in the chat? Put there, encounter. And we want to encourage you that as the year comes to a close, 18 more days till the year end, as this year comes to a close, that you will have an encounter with the glory of God. And we'll ex go through this experience that Moses went through to learn how we can position ourselves for that encounter. Firstly, in Exodus 33, verse 15, Moses said to the Lord, 
if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. He was very clear. God, if your presence is not found in that place, I don't want to go there. If your presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to move from here. So if we are going to enter the new year, there may be our cry and our prayer that God, may your presence go before us and with us. Lord, we need your presence. Don't go where the presence of God is not found. But, and also, do not go forward and move ahead of the Lord without His presence being with you. So we need to seek His presence and follow His presence. The first thing we need to do to encounter the glory of God is to follow the presence of the Lord. Don't leave God behind. 2021 is an entire new year, an entirely, entirely new season that's coming forth for us. Don't leave God behind. God needs to be in that picture. Let His presence go before you and I. Let Him lead and direct. And in your circumstance, whatever that circumstance that you're going through right now, commit to seeking God for direction. So the first thing to do is to follow His presence. And then in verse 16, we see that uh, Moses was very, very dedicated and committed, deliberate as well as intentional in taking steps to know God. Show me your glory was not about a display of God's brilliance or magnificence or amazement or wonder. Show me your glory was the cry of Moses that, Lord, I want to know you more. Whatever I had experienced before, it's not enough. It's not enough that you brought us through the Red Sea. Not enough that I see that your glory is manifested in the pillar of, God, of cloud and the pillar of fire at night. Not enough that uh, every morning that we have the provision of the quail and the manna. No, not enough. God, I want to know you more. Show me your glory was a cry to know God more. And Moses took every effort to get to know God in a more intimate way. And that meant oftentimes having to leave aside his responsibilities and busyness. You and I live very busy, busy lives. So many things that we, are looked into, we have to look into. It was not easy for Moses. Moses was leading a group of one million people. And so he had to deliberately and intentionally say, God, I want to know you more. And to do that, I'm willing to go to this humble place, a tent that is makeshift, that has basic and nothing. And there, God, I, in, I, I know, Lord, that I'm going to meet you there. I'm willing, God, I'm willing to go up the mountain, to retreat from my busyness, to trust in you that God, as, I, as I take this journey, it's uncomfortable, it's unpleasant. I'm going to be out there and I don't know what else is going to be around me, but Lord, I'm willing to do so because I want to seek your face. I want to hear your voice. Are you and I taking steps to know God? In your plans for the year that's to come, in the next steps that you have been thinking, are you asking God that, Lord, I want to know you more. May you give me revelation. May you give me understanding. And so for Moses to find God and encounter his glory, he took those steps coming out from the busy schedule, going to a humble and quiet place, having to climb mountains, having to retreat from busyness, 
in order to commit himself to an intentional and deliberate action of seeking God's face and hearing his voice. And when he did that, God's response to Moses was truly encouraging. He says to Moses in verse 17, I will do the very thing you have asked, that is to forgive the nation of Israel. I will do that because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. And so this scripture tells us so clearly that the Lord will be willing to answer our requests, to respond to our petitions when we are living to please Him. I want to challenge you this morning to consider this question. Are you living to please the Lord? As you journey on in life and as you are projecting towards the year ahead, is God in the picture? Are you making those deliberate steps to know God more intimately and to follow after Him in all the plans that you have in mind? Let's take a moment, allow the Holy Spirit even to search our hearts and intentions. And I pray that you and I will be found pleasing unto the Lord because when we live a life pleasing unto God, there will be an encounter with the glory of God. Proverbs 37 verse 4 says this, Take delight in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord and He will grant you the desires of your heart. It is firstly taking delight in God, then you will find the desires of your heart coming to pass. As Moses made this request that is so bold and so daring, just want to bring your attention to the last, the fourth step that we can take to encounter the glory of God. And it is, uh, it's from the Scriptures, verse 19 to 23. And this is God's response to Moses. Moses has said to the Lord, Lord, show me your glory. And this is God's response to Moses. Verse 19, And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Verse 20, but he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Verse 21, then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. Verse 22, when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Verse 23, then I will remove my hand and you will see my back but my face must not be seen. Moses asked to see the glory of God, and in response, God replied and promised to show Moses his goodness. God's glory lies in his goodness. He didn't appear to Moses and uh, show his justice. He didn't reveal his justice to Moses, not his power, not a display of his greatness. He didn't show Moses the wrath that, was, that he has against sin. All these are truly the aspects of God's nature. But when he showed himself to Moses, he displayed his goodness. 
When Moses experienced God and saw the glory of God, his first understanding was this, that God is good. Will you declare it with me to this morning? Now it's afternoon already. Will you declare it with me? God is good. In response to his requests, that God, you show me your glory. This was what God reminded him. My glory is found in goodness. That I will show you my goodness. You will experience my mercy. There will be compassion. And so when we have this experience of God's goodness, His mercy, His compassion, He is revealing His glory to you and I. And so beautifully, God says to, to Moses, I have prepared a place, there is a place that is near to me on the rock. There is a place that is near to me on the rock. When there is a, 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 an action, when there is a determination for you and I to encounter the glory of God, His response to you will be, I have a place that is near to me. You can be in a place that is near to God. And there God placed Moses in the cleft of the rock. So we need to be found in the cleft of the rock because in the cleft of the rock is where God is our refuge, is where God is our safe place, is where God is that place of shelter, is where God is our rock. So be found in the cleft of the rock the rock being the Lord Himself, that will be the place that we can stand upon and have confidence, knowing that He will keep us safe. And the Scripture says this, that God promised Moses, my hand will be upon you. And when God's hand is upon us, it means that He is protecting us. No harm can befall us. Nothing can be against us. Because when God is for us, there, there in that place where He has prepared near to Him, where we can encounter the glory of God. So let's commit our lives, even as the year draws near to the end, and a new one is going to begin. Maybe be committed to encountering the glory of God by following His presence, by making sure that, God, if you're not there, I'm not going to go where you are not found. By taking steps to know God by living a life that's pleasing unto Him. I know it's not easy to live a life that's pleasing unto Him, but you know what? God is looking at your heart, not your outward appearance, but your heart. And if your heart so desires to live a life pleasing after Him, then you will be committed to doing so. And you will have that encounter of the glory of God when you are found in the cleft of the rock. Protected by God, Moses could endure the glory of God passing him. Isaiah had a glimpse of the glory of God and he moved him to mourn over his own sin and unworthiness. Oh, he cried out, holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty. He began to cry out because he felt so unworthy in the presence of the glory of God. He mourned over his own sin. John experienced the same glory, some parts of it, the glory of God. And what did he do? He fell at the feet of Jesus like a dead man. When Paul was on the road of Damascus, he encountered the glory of God. 
And it was so amazing, so astounding, so wonderful that he could not describe it. But you know what, church? With this special provision, God rewarded the desire of Moses to see his glory as much as humanly possible. As much as humanly possible, Moses only had a glimpse of the glory of God. And as a result of that encounter, I said earlier on and explained earlier on that Moses had a radiance on his face. But when he returned down from the mountain, he would cover his face with a veil. And you and I might think, some people might think that it's covering the face so that people don't get scared. Nanti takut, yeah? So they're not afraid of this glory that is upon his face. But in reality, Moses wore that veil because he was covering the diminishing glory of the old covenant. Moses was in the old covenant and that glory was diminishing. Friends, today we are in the new covenant and I want to share with you in this new covenant, there is an eternal glory for you and I. John chapter 1 verse 14 says this, And the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Today, in the New Testament times, Jesus is the glory of God. And when you encounter and you have Jesus in your life, you are experiencing the glory of God. Jesus is the ultimate reason for the season. And for that reason, we can sing, proclaim, and declare, Gloria in excelsis Deo. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Which means glory to God in the highest. I pray that the gift of Christmas in this very unique and unusual year will be God, show me your glory. As the worship team leads us in this song, I'd like to invite you even to a time of reflection, reframing your thoughts about what I've shared today, that you will position yourself in this year before the year wraps up, but begin to even ask of the Lord, Lord, show me your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Before open up heaven's door, we're waiting with worship for more. You're the only love that satisfies me. Lord, we
your presence fall, oh Lord. Let your presence fall, oh Lord. Right where you are, in your homes, in your rooms, wherever you might be, God wants to touch you with a glory that is unforgettable. Just begin to reach out and begin to just worship the Lord. Oh, Sharababa Sandalabariande. Take a moment to draw nearer to Him because there is a place He says, Near to me. You are near to the Lord. The Lord loves you. And He desires even to show you His glory. Oh, thank you, Lord. Sharababa Sandalaba Sandaraba Sikiriande. Oh, Sharaba Sandala Barianda La Bariando Kira Mama Mama Mase Kira Mama Mama Mase Yes, Lord, leave us astounded, oh Lord. Thank you, God. Leave me astounded, leave me amazed. Show up your glory. afternoon I want to give an invitation perhaps at this season of your life you've yet to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and today you have heard me share this that Jesus is the glory of God and that when you have Jesus there you will encounter the glory of God that provides provision that gives instruction that helps us even to be corrected in our wrong ways and gives us direction in life. You can have that. You can experience the glory of God by inviting Jesus into your heart. And if that your prayer this morning, I'd like you to repeat this after me to ask Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today I recognize that I am a sinner and I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Come into my life, I pray, so that I may experience your glory. 
Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise God. If you have repeated that prayer after me, I want to let you know that all of heaven is rejoicing. It's rejoicing because now you have come to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And we want to journey along with you. So if you could, if you have said this prayer for the first time, would you fill in your details into the contact form that is on the link as well as the chat? And our team will be in touch with you this week itself. Praise God. And for the rest of us, I just want to pray a prayer committal even as 2020 comes to an end and 2021 is so near and the brink. I want to encourage you even with this prayer that God will show you His glory. Heavenly Father, You know. You know our circumstances. You know us by name, Lord. You know exactly what we have gone through and what we are going through right now. And I thank you that, Lord, even as we position our hearts, even as we desire to see more of you, to know more of you, to hear your voice, to see your face, I thank you that in the mighty name of Jesus, you will show us your glory. God, we thank you. We thank you that despite all that's happened, We are still standing by your grace. And we thank you that, Lord, we are not journeying alone. But as we go forth, Lord Jesus, you will continue, Lord, to be our shelter, our refuge, that rock, oh God, in which we can declare as a place that is safe, oh Lord, as a place that we will be protected. We thank you, oh Lord, for your goodness, your grace, your mercy and compassion in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And the Church of Glad Tidings and the church all over the world watching in today declares, Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning us, tuning in with us today and joining us online. I pray that the presence of the Lord will be with you. May you truly, truly devote and dedicate our lives to declaring to God be the glory. God bless you.